Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. Perhaps you've heard of the man who was tired of where he lived and he wanted to sell his house. You've all been there at times. Ah, look at the... And he went to see a friend who was in the real estate business and he began describing his house on the grounds that his friend would sell it, okay? The friend asked the real estate buddy to write an advertisement in which he could put in the newspapers. His friend did as he requested and then read what he had written to the homeowner. You guys understand the picture. Here's what I want. Tell me da-da-da. What is it? And then he, he goes, um, read that again. And, and his friend, the real estate agent, read it again. And, and next thing you know, out of this guy's mouth, he goes, the house is not for sale. Whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. You just came. You wanted. He goes, the house is not for sale. And then he goes on to proceed and say, all my life I wanted a place just like the one that you've just described. But I never had it until I heard what you had written about it. And then he goes on to say, you remember that old song, that grand old song, Count Your Blessings, Name Them One by One? He says if some of us would do that very thing, we could be happier Christians, counting our blessings. See, I've entitled today's message, Giving Thanks in Hard Times. Giving Thanks in Hard Times. For today, we discover that we are to have a thanksgiving heart, listen, in all circumstances. A thanksgiving heart. And Paul, the Apostle Paul, is going to remind us that we, uh, with our eyes on the Lord Jesus, can too be grateful in all things. Everybody say, all things. Because that's going to be key. All things. Now listen, it has been said, gratitude comes easily when everything is going our way. But Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, In everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. If you ask most people, they will tell you, quite honestly, it's easy for them to, give, to thank God when things are going well. We, we love it. When we get that raise, oh, praise God. Or, or you have something go your way, or, or you had planned a certain amount of money for an item and find out it's on sale 50% off. You're like, oh, thank you, God. Ah, we love it. But it's not so easy to praise God when life throws you a curveball. Take a moment and think of your hearts for just a second. In those good times on the mountaintop, praise Lord. But when things are going really rough, really rough. It's really hard. It's really hard. It's really hard to give thanks to the Lord when the hard times hit. Things like what? Well, things like loss. Things like suffering. Things like persecution. And when I think about giving thanks in hard times, I'm quickly taken back to the words of Habakkuk in chapter 3. Habakkuk is in the Old Testament. You don't have to turn there. It'll be on the screen. Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 through 19, it says this. Though the fig tree may not blossom, now listen to the words, guys. Nor the fig, though the fig tree may not blossom, nor the fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the, and the fields yield no food, though the flocks may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, verse 18, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like the deer's feet, and he will make me walk on my high heels to the chief musician with my string 
instruments. Guys, think about, think about what Habakkuk is saying and let's apply it to our lives. You go, what does that mean? He says, even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there's no grapes on the vines and, and even though the olive crop has failed, everything in life is going bad and it's empty and, and man, things is, he says, he says this, listen, when life seems to be a total bummer, when life seems to be going out of control, a total man, he says, when, when our money doesn't meet it, you know what they say, right? We can't meet ends. We, we're just trying to make, we're just trying to get our money to connect from one month to the other. He says, when they're not meeting, he says, when inflation is at an all time high and your dollar doesn't go as far as it used to. When you don't have any power and you realize that you just have to live in a world that just seems to be like this, seems to be like this. Some of you might be thinking, with Christmas right around the corner, we don't have any money for gifts. Everybody's going to get a hug. That's your Christmas. There's a hug. <laughs> or, or a little bit deeper, and if we can be honest in church, when we just feel empty and we feel a little bit broken, we feel a little bit depressed, And maybe some of us in this room feel unloved. Habakkuk says, when all these things in your life, he says, says, man, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful. Oh, not in my circumstance. He says, I'm going to be joyful in the God of my salvation. And then he reminds us that the Lord Jesus is our strength. Not what's coming in the mailbox. Hopefully it's your bonus check. It's not what, uh, it's not any of that, guys. It's not what's going to be under the tree on Christmas morning or, boy, I hope to have this or, oh man, I wish I had that. Or when somebody comes to you and says, hey, what do you want for Christmas? You go, no, I've got everything, but you're sort of hoping, no, 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 it's a different mindset. He says, the Lord Jesus is my strength. And then, and then Habakkuk says, he says, he makes me as sure-footed as the deer able to tread upon new heights. Can you imagine? I will still give thanks and rejoice. Why? Because we need to first and remember that we're saved. If you're saved here today, give me an amen. amen. That's what we should be excited about. Yes! Whoa, 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 Thanksgiving's coming. It's just a few days away. I'm saved. I'm saved. Oh, there's war in the Middle East. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm sanctified. He says, and the Lord is my strength. Church, where do you grab your strength today? Where is your strength from? Is it in your bank account? Is it in the career that you've chosen? Is it in our strength comes from the Lord? And listening to chapter 3 of Habakkuk, I wonder if he was the one that coined that phrase, this is not a setback, but this is a setup to gain new heights. It's a setup. You go, why? Well, think about what he said. He said, listen, he says, um, he's going to make me walk on the high hills. He's going to lift me to new heights. Oh, 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 listen, I see that there's some, okay, okay, life isn't, oh, 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 this is hard. And, and if we're being honest, it hurts. It really hurts. And, and somehow, Old Testament Habakkuk says, I will still give thanks, I will still give thanks, I will rejoice. And he vows to thank the Lord even during hard times. He thanks, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just vow, I'm going to vow. And notice he vows not only to allow anything to get in the way of having a truly thankful heart. And I wonder how Habakkuk can make this promise. I wonder. If he was in the room or I were having coffee with him, I'd say, hey, tell me how this is, how, how is this going to go down? Like, like how, how, how is this going to be? Because think about this. How can he promise ahead of time to rejoice 
when, or, or to rejoice in the Lord when everything around him seems crashing down. Seems crashing down. Hey, Habakkuk, how, 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 how is this going to work when, you're, when, when I'm facing hard times and I'm suffering loss? What is it that allows you to, 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 to take joy in God? i got to be honest with you, Habakkuk, that's what I want. And if you're honest in church, you know that the enemy is working overtime to steal your joy. Overtime to steal your joy on everything. Like life is about circumstances, and one you'll wake up, you'll be, ah, you're just having a great time, you're worshiping the Lord, and it'll take one phone call, one text, and the enemy comes in, he wants to steal that joy. Next thing you know, you're down for the rest of the day. You're down for the count. It doesn't matter what it might be. There are things that, it, that, that, that we can control, and there are things that we can't control. And there we are. And so Habakkuk, tell us. Well, I know that the Old Testament, guys, the Old Testament um, scriptures makes way to New Testament application in verse 1 Thessalonians and Ephesians, because we learned that Paul declares the very same thing that Habakkuk did. The very same thing. And so today, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I pray you and I discover that we too, in the hustle and bustle of this holiday season, and the hustle and bustle of hardships in life, and hardships that life can bring, that we would rejoice and give God thanks. Listen to me, church. If praising comes easy when things are going good, what happens when things are not? What happens? I can only draw from my own experience of probably the worst thing that I had ever encountered as far as bad news. Like everything else, I can I can sort of, sort of go. It might take me down for a week or two or whatever it might be. But I'll never forget walking into that doctor's office. Well, first of all, I'll never forget the day that Natalie looked with that, that horror look on her face and said that she felt a lump. And you need to understand my backstory. My backstory is my mom died of breast cancer when I was 18 months. My sister dies of lung cancer. And the wife of my youth, I'm looking and she's going, I feel something. And I'll never forget the day we walked into the doctor's office. He said, sit down there. You're a pastor, you're a minister, right? Yeah. And, and she told us it's cancer. You might as well have punched me in the face, but I think, okay, Habakkuk, how, how do I rejoice in this? How do I, how do I? The blood went from my head down. You know what I heard? You know what I heard? And I'm being honest and being human with you. I heard, well, she's going to die. See, I, I wish at that point I said, not with my God. But if I'm being honest with you, that's not how we are at those times. You go, but dude, you're the pastor. I know. I preach this stuff. But honestly, the human side of me went, Habakkuk, how? How, how, Habakkuk? How can I rejoice in the Lord when, when again, things are just... This past Wednesday, this past Monday, we went to the doctor. She got a mammogram, she got blood test, and we go see the doctor. Walk in at 2.30, 3.30, sit down with the doctor. Doctor comes in and goes, everything's good. Everything, everything's good. No. Blood looks good, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. He goes, he goes, you're in remission. And now he goes, well, I've never had a doctor say me. He goes, I didn't say you were cured. He said, I was in Here's the point, right? I walked out of that doctor's office a little bit different than I walked in eight or nine years ago. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. So, so here's the point. I rejoiced in the Lord. We rejoiced. Okay, okay, yes. But uh, I want to rejoice in the Lord When it is hard times, I've got to learn this. I've got to learn this. I'm rejoicing the Lord. Lord, Lord, 
many of us in this room might face some hardships. They might face some sufferings. How are they going to take joy in you, Lord? How are they going to take... See, because Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, he says, In everything give thanks. You know what operative word jumps out of that verse? Everything. Everything. Oh, as your pastor, I wish I could stand before you and say, you know what, they brought us into that room. And I said, oh, praise God, no. And, and I wish I would have just jumped up and said, we're going to just praise the Lord. And Paul says, in everything, in everything. And you know what this reminded me of? You already jot this down if you're taking note, both in good times, come on somebody, and in bad times. Church, I would love to be, I would love to be that church that just brings sermons that just encourage, 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 encourage. But the reality is, life, real life, doesn't always end good for us. And so I'd rather be truthful to the text because Paul says, in everything. In everything. You go, well, Ben, what's our problem then? What's our problem? Here it is. You ready? Now, now listen, pay close attention because this is our problem. When you and I don't understand the why, it can and does quench a grateful heart. Why? Lord, why? I don't understand. How many of you have ever said, Lord, I don't understand? I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't. Lord, I don't understand. She's serving you as a pastor's wife. She's serving you as a grand. Lord, I don't understand. And all of a sudden, it was the late Charles Stanley who said, and I'm going to quote from him, he said, instead of rejoicing and praising God for who he is and what he's done for us, we focus on our pain and confusion and begin to doubt the Lord and his word. However, when we choose to be thankful in every situation, despite our feelings, he says, we'll reap many benefits. End quote. I like that. He just summed us up in a nutshell. He says, listen, when things happen, when holidays come, when hardships come, he says, we need to, we need to rejoice and we need to be thankful because of who God is and what he's done for us. But oftentimes we, we bring that focus on us. On us. So with that as our intro, let's jump into our text today. First Thessalonians, let me give you a background on it. Paul is writing to believers just like you in a place called Thessalonica. Thessalonica, hence First Thessalonians. And up until this point, in the first four chapters, he's talked about the rapture of the church. He says that you and I are going to be caught up, harpazo, boom, to be caught up quickly, to be snatched. It gives the, it gives the picture of a guy on a train tracks with a train barreling down and somebody grab him at the last minute and snatch him from sudden death. That's the picture. Paul's writing. And then he says, now, now that we've talked about, I want to encourage you, I want to talk to you about something called the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord. The day of the Lord? Yeah. Now, let me give you a pop quiz. How long is the day of the Lord? You're like, I'm not answering that. I don't know. The day of the Lord. You ready? 1,007 years. When you write it in your Bible, that's what it means. 1,007. You go, whoa, 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 what do you mean? First and foremost, the day of the Lord is the seven-year tribulation that none of you are going to go through. And then you have a thousand years of the Lord Jesus reigning on earth from Jerusalem. So the day of the Lord, you go, Ben, I'm not sure. Okay. If you're thinking about the day of the Lord, you can write close by, you could write this. It's not a day, but a time period. It's not a day, and it starts from the moment of the tribulation, the signing of the peace treaty. It starts there, and it's going to go all the way to the millennial reign, all the way through. Now, 
I don't want to blow your minds, but I want you to think about this. There are going to be some people that make it through the tribulation. I mean, lots of suffering, but they're going to make it through. You and I are going to be hard podzoed. We're going to be given a glorified body, and then we're going to come back and rule and reign with the Lord for a thousand years. We all have jobs. He's going to take, oh, wow. But, but this is going to be the coolest thing. But we're going to rule and reign people who are going to be just like you and just like me before we were raptured. You're like, that hurts my head. I know. It's like hard to think how this is all going to look. Like God hasn't sat down and given me the blueprints of, of everything. You know, he isn't like, here you go. You know, this is what it's going to look like. So I don't know. I just know we're going to have glorified bodies. And I kind of dig that. Okay? How many of you are excited for your glorified body? <laughs> First one, yeah. Right? Why? Because no more diabetes, no cancer, none of the glorified body, right? But if you don't like your body now, send your order in ahead. Right? Lord, if I could be as tall as Jeremiah, that would be good. Well, how tall are you? Six two. Yeah, that's about six one. I'll be all right. I'll give Ain't, ain't you going to hear, you know, and, and Lord, some of you go, man, I just, I just want hair. I just want hair. I miss hair. And some of you going, I don't want hair. I don't want hair. But I'm saying, you go, Ben, you got way off track. I did. Put your, put your order in now. Okay, this is what I want, Lord. This is what I want. The day of the Lord is a time when God will judge the world and punish the nations. At the same time, God will prepare Israel for the return of Jesus Christ to the earth to establish his kingdom. So Paul is talking all about that. He continues his love letter to this wonderful little church. And his main point is this. You ready? As he comes to the conclusion of this letter, here's his main point. He exhorts this church, ready, you and I, to do some things. But he wants us to do these things. Okay, ready? Listen up. Tune in. He wants us to do them not out of duty, but out of love. He doesn't just want us to be that Sunday morning going Christian. Well, what happens is, what do you do on Sunday? I go, I go out. That's what I do. I go to church. I'm a Sunday morning going Christian. He says, no, no, no. He says, your relationship should be out of, out of love. Not out of something you have to do. Pastor exhorted me to have my quiet time. I guess I have to do it. No, 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 no. Your quiet time is you're going, I get to do it. I get to hang out with Jesus. I get to hear what he has to say. Do you guys realize this? This is his love letter to you. This is, he's talking to you. This is you. Oh, oh. You go, well, Ben, what, is he, what does he want us to do? 1 Thessalonians 5, look at verse 16. It says, Rejoice always and pray without ceasing. Rejoice always and pray without ceasing. Very quickly, what we need to understand about this, in order to rejoice always, guess what? We have to pray without ceasing. We have to pray without ceasing. Rejoice always. Now, another operative word that jumps out is the word, Always, right? Give thanks in everything. Rejoice always. Always? Always. Have joy always. Oh, that's, I know what it means. I know what it means. It means I walk around happy and I look silly because I'm at the grocery store and life's falling apart. I'm like, oh, praise God, I'm just smiling. That's not what it means. We have to be careful. Rejoicing always, we have to start with prayer. Prayer. Paul practiced what he preached. Do you guys remember when he wrote our Philippians study? Do you remember Philippians? When he wrote to the Philippians from prison, he didn't live under his circumstances. Instead, he rose above them. Even though he was shackled, what did he do? He says, I rejoiced in the Lord. Have you ever went up to a buddy and said, how you doing? Oh, pretty good. Under the circumstances. How you doing? I'm okay under the... He says, hey, what you doing under the circumstances? Get up above them. 
How do I get above them? It's the same thing that Habakkuk said. He said, listen, though things are a mess, I'm going to paraphrase Habakkuk, though things are a mess, though my grass in front is just a mess, though my golf game is horrible, I still rejoice in the Lord. Why do you guys, you guys, stop it. I didn't look at Joe Mabry. I looked at Caleb over there. That was. I still rejoice because of who he is and what he's done. And so I'm exhorting us, myself included, guys, get our eyes off circumstances, which is so hard to do. Get our eyes off the circumstances of life sometimes and put our eyes back on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Lord, you're the reason for the season. We have holidays not to glorify us, but to glorify you. You see, the Thessalonians here, guys, their circumstances were very difficult. But Paul reminds them, you can be joyful in the Lord, and it's the same for us. And Paul now exhorts us, look at verse 18, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. How many of you ever go, I want to know what God's will is for my life? There it is. Real simple. You want to know what God's will is for your life? Yeah. What am I supposed to do? Um, pray always. Or rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And in everything give thanks. Everything. We are to give thanks for our jobs. Ooh, I didn't hear one amen. <laughs> You're not working right now. Stop. We're to give God thanks for our jobs, our homes, our lives. We, we really are. Why? Because he says in everything. Okay, question time. How many of you have ever gotten a cold or a flu or felt really bad and got up and just praised the Lord. <laughs> yeah. Come on now. We don't. Don't raise your hands. We don't praise the Lord when we're really sick. We whine and we cry and we, hey, give me some Vicks, I need some good, give me some soup. I get it. That's human nature. But the, the word he uses is everything. Everything. So let's break it down. How do we give thanks in hard times, church? Listen, ready? Jot this down. The key is worship. That's key. Worship. Why? Because giving thanks in every circumstance is an act of worship. Okay, so here's my point. You wake up, you have the flu, you have snot coming down, your eyes are shut together, your head feels like it's going to pop off. You know, you're sick. You're really sick. I don't expect you to go, Mister. Oh, I don't expect you to, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that in your heart you go, Lord, you are still good, and you are still God. Now, go a little bit deeper, because maybe it's not a cold, maybe it's not a flu, maybe it's not COVID, maybe it's the big ugly C word. I don't expect you to get off that doctor's chair and go, but you go, Lord, you're still good. You're still good. You see, for the believer, you and I, we get to live in this beautiful world that he created. We get to have fellowship with family. We get to do community. All this and heaven too. Wow. Wow. So when that day comes, if the Lord Jesus tarries, and when that day comes and, you're, and you know your breaths are numbered, We can look into your sweet eyes and go, and you say, God is good. You see, for the believer, death, hard times, suffering, hardships, things like that, it's just a part of life so that we can go closer to God and we can understand His grace in our lives. That's all it is. Let me let you on a little secret. The older we get, the enemy comes in and says, you didn't do a 
You didn't work hard enough for God. You were selfish. You were this. And what do we say? Come on, church. You're right. But that's not why I'm saved. I'm saved because Jesus took my sin upon the cross. My shame. I'm saved because of who he is, not because of what I've done. If you grasp that, you're going to be set free. You're going to be set free. And, then, and you go, why? Because Ephesians says that we are to do good works because we're already saved. And there's no limit. There's no, there's no hey. Uh, okay, so uh, let me see this. We got, we got 68. Blo- if you didn't make a box, you're not saved. You're not going to heaven. That's the rules. Every one of you who felt that way would be at Walmart. Okay, i got to go to Walmart. Gotta make- Here, Eva. I'll take it to your house later. But we do this with life, don't we? We do, oh, I've got, but, but it's not. Why do we do this? Because we're already saved. We're already saved. And the reason you do this and all the other stuff that you do, the reason you do this is you go, God, how could I even repay all the things you've given me, God? Wow. So I'm thankful in everything. But where does it come from? Where does it stem from? You ready? Jot this down because it's going to make all the difference in your world. It stems from worship. And when I say worship, I'm not talking about, well, I put music on in my house. Do that if you want to. But worship comes from prayer. Worship comes from reading the Bible. Worship comes from singing. Worship comes from all kinds of stuff. It's worship to the King of Kings. So it includes everything in our lives. It's not one specific thing. And so that's where it's got to start. Where's it got to start? Can I be honest with you in church? It's got to start with looking at our own heart. Lord, where am I with you? Because it, oh, Lord. An unregenerate heart doesn't want to worship the Lord. It doesn't know how. And so it starts with salvation. I've got to be saved. And then once I'm saved and I know I'm saved and I'm sanctified and I'm blood-bought and I'm spirit-filled, ah, that's worship. And then when life comes and says, here, watch this, knock, 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 you go, amen, praise God. You're really happy? Well, I didn't say happy, but I've got the joy of the Lord. Lord, how are you going to be glorified in this? How are you in... How are you going to be in this story? How are you going to be in this story? What are my friends going to look like and go, wow, that's amazing. Question for you, question for you, and she's not in here. What if the Lord Jesus, in his sovereignty, in his grace and mercy, decided to take Nathalie home? What if? He healed her. Either way, he gets the glory. Either way. Either way. And that goes for you and I. Some of you might be cancer survivors in here. Some of you might be struggling and, and, and your friends are looking around saying, is this Jesus real to you? Is it really real? Or are you putting me on, man? Are you putting me on? Or are you, is, he, is he what you really say he is? Because, and you say, look, just like Habakkuk, man, though my life is a mess, I still praise him for who he is. I still give thanks. Though my life is good, my life is really good, Man, God is, amen, I'll still praise him. Not for the things he's given me, but for who he is. Remember, our eyes have got to be focused on the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's where he wants us. Now, what do you think the enemy wants to do? The enemy wants to get your focus off who God is and onto circumstances. And and can we be honest? You go, I hope so. I don't know if I would write like Paul did if I was in prison. To be honest with you, I think I'd be a big baby. I think I'd whine, you know? Calvary Chapel, would you pray for me? I'm in prison. 
<laughs> I didn't do nothing wrong, you know, and that's how we feel. But I really, I, 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 when you think about your life, would you, would you rise above the circumstances? Okay, well, let me start this. How about we do it with a little baby step? Whatever, whatever circumstance now, let's grow in that. Let's grow in that. Paul has the same heart because he wrote the same thing to the Ephesian church. In Ephesians chapter 5, 18 through 20, notice what he says. He says, worship is essential. How? He says, do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So again, what's he saying? He's saying, listen, don't be drunk with wine. He says, don't go out and, and do this. He says, better yet, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And what should we do? We should be talking to each other the word of God and psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making melody to our heart. And then verse 20, he says, giving thanks always for all things. Giving thanks always for all things. Giving thanks always for all things. Now I got to unpack this. I got to unpack this. Why? Because think about this. I want to take a brief look at, at some hard stuff that you and I are facing. Why? Because when I was studying in, and I was thinking, Lord, if you were to go look for a diamond ring, okay, you know what the jeweler does? The jeweler puts on a very dark black cloth and he puts something dark. Why? Because he wants that ring to pop. So for news to be good, it has to invade dark spaces. You guys tracking with me? Okay, okay. So let me, let me put the black cloth on, if you will. Let me tell you, okay? This is some black cloth, okay? And remember, okay, worship is key. And we're to direct, or we're directed by God, if you will, to give thanks in hard times, and we're to... We are to give thanks in everything, the good, the bad, the ugly, the hard, the suffering, and so forth. This is, we're supposed to give thanks. So you go, well, what's some black cloth? Well, we know in America that we're facing some very tough hardships. We know it. We are super blessed to be living in Lubbock, Texas, where it's still conservative and it's still, and still people respect each other. I'm telling you. I was super blessed the other day when me, Nathalie, and Amanda went to the school here and we were passing out flyers to our event yesterday. And I'm going to people's cars, you know, and, and anywhere else, they'd be like, what, you know, and every one of them, oh, thank you so much. Every one of them was so gracious and I can only attribute that to Lubbock, Texas. They're just, they're just wonderful. But we know in America it's going to f somehow infiltrate here. How so? Well, first and foremost, you know that our country is divided. It's divided. And if we're honest, we don't know which way it's headed. Most of us don't have a very good, bright outlook of where the country is going to be. As a matter of fact, you and I aren't looking to March, June... 2024, we're just, we're just taking one day at a time. But I know things are really bad, and I'll tell you why. Because in the news yesterday, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said this. He made a warning to America. He says, he says if we don't win now, he says, then Europe is next. Then he says, you're next, speaking of America. Come on. This is our world. We're not going to sugarcoat it. This is what this is what he says. They have to win. You go, what else? Well, let me let me I'm putting out the black cloth. Do you realize that if we were to calculate our inflation rate in 2019, it was at 1.8%. Today, it's sitting at a whopping 8%. What does that mean? Your pay hasn't gone up, but everything else has gone up eight, just through the roof. Through the roof. If you're on a budget and you say, hey, we spend this amount of money on groceries, you're getting a lot less groceries. 
If you're going to do your oil change and you happen to use the synthetic oil, it's going to cost you almost $100 versus what you used to pay at $30, 40 $50. 8%. Crime? Crime is through the roof. Crime in major cities is through the roof. Here's one. Here's one that you may not know about. According to Newsmax, it says this. High levels of solar activity could knock out the Internet for months. How I wonder how we would react if this was really the case. How many of us would truly lose our mind? No, think about it. We live and die by the Internet. I don't know if you know this, but there's a little thing out there. It used, it's called a newspaper. They're very extinct, hard to find. You have to go hunting. But, but think about this for a minute. No, this is, this is, I'm not making this up. This is true. Newsmax said that a soul, I mean, why put the Internet out? And there we are going, oh, what do you do? We can't text. We can't call. We don't know what's going on in the world. All your programs, I mean, can you imagine? We go back to the days of rabbit ears. Okay, hold it right there. Okay, don't move. These guys don't know what I'm talking about because they're like, what is a rabbit ear? I think my dad had one of those, or my grandpa. I know what you see. Look at that smile. He's not, but the older guys in here look and go, yeah, I remember. I remember. Our rabbit ears was a, was a hanger. What's a hanger? Now, you guys chuckle, but think about it. What if your internet was gone? Hey, how about this? How about we do an experiment? You ready? How about we do this? How about we fast the internet for one day? <laughs> I had a lot of mix-ups. I was like, ah, you go ahead, Ben. You're good. You're good. I'm good. I'm good. No, I just wonder. I just wonder. Because I know for me, everything is done electronically. Everything's done through the, the internet. Everything is done. I mean, think about it. All of us in here with a phone have become just major fact checkers, haven't we? Somebody tells you something. Hey, hi. Oh, really? Let me check. And we go, oh. Well, here it says blah, blah, blah. I mean, we're just, we just use this. What if we couldn't? Does any of you have encyclopedias anymore? Does any of us? You go, what's an encyclopedia? Never mind. Here's the point. This is our world. What if there, what if there is a solar flare? What if there is an EMP where we don't have anything? I mean, all of this would, well, no, no. I've told you this before, and I say this to warn you because I love you. You could wake up tomorrow, and your savings account and your checking account could all be gone. And, and because it's you and everybody else, it could be. It could be. You talk about, you know, well, I don't know if I have faith. You have a lot of faith by putting your money in the bank. You're trusting it's going to be there, but it, can, it may not. I don't know. But I know that Eva came to prayer meeting this last week and she mentioned something about a digital dollar hitting the, hitting the United States very quickly and then how that's going to escalate to where it's only, it's, it's first by choice and then it's not going to be by choice. And, and I got excited because that's what the Bible tells us. And I was like, okay, it's almost time to go home. And so I was so excited in prayer. I was like, yes, Jesus loves me. And then find myself being bombarded with circumstances and losing my joy. Oh. How about we talk a little bit closer to home? Like, like you go, okay, Ben, all that's world stuff, but, but quite honestly, the, sometimes in life we face hard times, setbacks, sufferings. It's hard to rejoice and be thankful. And I understand that sometimes in life, the holidays, it brings out the worst in people. It brings out personal sufferings, loneliness, and sadness. And sometimes the holidays, they just trigger things that, that it's just like, oh, I get it. I get it. So 
in order for news to be really good, there's, there's, there's the world. But how can we give? How can we give thanks to God in everything? How? Why? What do we need to do? Habakkuk, help us. Paul, help us. Well, you can jot these down, guys. Number one, number one, as believers, okay, we must be continually aware of the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives, which contributes to godly living and gratefulness. Don't forget the third person of the beautiful Trinity. You got the Father, you got the Son, and Holy Spirit come in us, walk with us, guide us, convict us, because Lord, I want to really I, I I here's the point, right? With the Holy Spirit in you in this time of season, you're never truly alone. Throughout the day, we're reminded that God is walking with us in through his precious Holy Spirit, knowing that he's with me each and every day, helps me to be thankful in every circumstance. That's number one, grasping that. Number two, hard times in life motivates us to look for purpose in everything that happens. Why is this happening? You know, what do you mean? We talked a lot about this in our Philippians. We're talking about in our Ecclesiastes studies. But sometimes in life, we are to go through some hard things in order, you ready, to draw closer to God. To draw closer to God. Why? Because our tent pegs on earth sometimes are too deep. They're too deep. And so God says, okay, let, let's, let's loosen those ten pegs a little bit. You're about to go home. Abraham, in the Old Testament, gives us a great example. Do you remember Father Abraham? He was called out of the Ur of Chaldees, go to a place, leave your father, leave all your friends, go. Adam and uh, Abraham gone. But do you know that Abraham never built a house in the promised land? He always dwelt in tents. Why? Because he knew that he was just passing through. Not so much the promised land, but he was passing through this world. I went to Calvary Chapel and Pastor Ben said, I couldn't have a house. That's not what I said. (laughs) You guys think up the craziest things. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, let's not get too caught up in this world that we forget we're just passing through. And so sometimes, everybody say sometimes, in life, that motivates us so that we can draw closer to God. When Nathalie was diagnosed with cancer, and again, I tell you this not not to keep bringing it up, but that was one of the most devastating news in my life. But when Nathalie was diagnosed with cancer, a lot of things that that bugged me went away. You you understand that. A lot of the little things were like, "Why, why was I tripping about that, man? And then, here's what we did. We vowed together, we vowed... Okay, sweetie, if, if God gets us through this, and I know he will, we're going to do, do more together. We're going to spend more time. We're going to enjoy life. We're going we're to take trips. We're going to do this. We're going to pour into. We don't. The point is, is that time was, was, was for us to go, okay, God is wanting to really draw us close to him. And life does something really weird it pulls us back to the way we were, the way we are. So we have to vow, make a conscious effort to go, no, no, I need to get back here. I need to worship the Lord. Number three, be thankful. Being thankful reminds us of our dependence on Him. Being thankful, Lord, thank you. He despises a spirit of independence that denies our need for him. When we bow up our chest and say, I can do it, I've got it, thick skin, let's go, that's not a believer. In reality, we need to, we we are all to depend on him for every breath that we take. 
And we may not realize it until we face the situation into which we are powerless to overcome or change. Adversity shows us our weakness and drives us to the Lord. And a mature believer is an absolute dependence. I can't get up, God, unless you're with me. Number four, thanksgiving is essential for our joy even in hard times. And I say thanksgiving, I don't mean the fourth Thursday of every month where we all gather around. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a thanksgiving heart. Why? Because in verse 16, Paul's rejoice always. There's no way you and I can rejoice always with giving thanks in everything. And although our life is so messed up at times that we don't feel any joy, we can choose to find the good within the bad and the joy within the sadness. See, God hears and understands the depth of our agony just as he understood Jesus' pain when he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Thanksgiving is essential for our joy, even in the hard times. Guys, do you remember our Philippians study? Over in Philippians chapter 4, 6 and 7, here's what Paul writes. He says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We talked all about that, but the Greek word for peace means to bind together. When we keep thanking the Lord in the midst of sorrow, loss, heartache, we are bound to him. And then his peace fills our heart as anxiety begins to crumble. We're bound to him. If you're here today and, man, things are really, 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 really good, worship and praise the Lord. Not because that things are good, but before because who he is. If you're here today and things are not so good, not so good. You're hurting, you're broken, you're stressed. Praise the Lord. Thank him. Thank him. I want you to think of a time when you thought, back in your life, when you thought maybe this was the end, it was a really, really, really rough time. And now think of where you are now and see how God has brought you through. And, and this is not going to stay the same either. It's going to change. It's going to change. Life changes. So just remember to keep your eyes on the Lord. So as we close our study, okay, let us remember to thank the Lord in, in good times and in hard times. I know, I know what you're looking at. You're looking, you go, Ben, it's easier said than done. I get that. But remember, Paul says, with the help of the Holy Spirit and a plan to worship at all times, we can be transformed to what? To have a heart of gratitude. A heart of gratitude. Let me leave you with this story, okay? I'm going to leave you with this story. Uh, the title of the story is Be Thankful. Now listen up, listen. It says, back in 1988, a Polish railway, railway worker named Jan Grabrinski was hit by a train. He lived, but only barely. For the next 19 years... Until 2007, Gabrinsky was in a coma. He was in a coma for 19 years. He awoke, believe it or not, in 2007 to a whole new world. Listen, 19 years earlier, Poland was a communist state. Gabrinsky noted that back then meat was rationed and there were huge lines at nearly every gas station. And there, quote, said... There was only tea and vinegar in the shops, unquote. But 19 years later, he awoke to find a free nation where he said there were people on the streets with cell phones 
and there were so many goods in the shops that it made, what, it makes my head spin. That's what he said. But something puzzled him. He says, what amazes me is with all these people who walk around with their mobile phones, he says, and yet they never stop moaning. These people had freedom, food, wealth greater than Poland had had for decades. And yet Gabrinsky wrote from his coma, woke from his coma to find that all had seemed to want to do is grumble. And he says this, If you don't get into the habit of thanking God for what you do have, you'll soon become ungrateful because of what you don't have. Heavenly Father, we thank you today and we praise you and we worship you. The Christian life, Lord, is about prayer and about worship and about salvation and about grace and mercy. Father, I'm asking that you would teach us through the power of your Holy Spirit to just be grateful. Lord, Help us to be thankful for one thing today. One thing, Lord, it's a start. It's a start. Lord, convict us when we find ourselves complaining too much. Convict us, Lord. I, Lord, just am in that same boat, God. Father, please... Lord, help us to worship you in all things. Help us to worship you each and every day. Help us to get a great head start on what we're going to be doing in heaven today. Oh, Lord, it's not about songs. It's about attitude. It's about our will lining up with yours. So, Lord... Help us to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, have a continual mind of prayer, and Lord, in everything, give thanks. That's your will for us. With every eye closed and every head bowed, I would ask, maybe you're here today and throughout the teaching, the Holy Spirit was knocking on your heart and he was, he was saying to you that, that uh, man, you were thinking, I, 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 you were saying some stuff, but I really came to realize that I don't have a relationship like that, Ben. I, I don't. And earlier you said one thing that really jumped out at me, Pastor Ben. You said that an unregenerate heart has a hard time praising God and Lord, maybe that's me. But I'm, to be honest with you, Pastor, I feel like... I feel like sometimes God's always mad at me. And I'm here to tell you, God's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. And today, He said, I'm going to open up my arms. I'm going to invite you. Come on. Come on home. You go, well, what do I have to do? Well, listen, it's no mistake He... He, you're in church. It's no mistake you're here. He followed you all the way to church. And he's knocking on your heart right now. And he's saying, hey, I want to come inside. I want to forgive you of your sin. I want, I want, I want you to go to heaven. I, I, want, I want so much for you. I want a relationship with you. But I'm not going to force myself. You've got to want me. And you go, well, how do I do that, Pastor? In a second, I'm going to ask you to lift up your hand. Just to wait a minute. Just lift up your hand and say, Pastor... Why do I have to lift up my hand? Why do, I have to, why do I have to do this? Well, first and foremost, nobody's going to be looking. Okay? It's between you and God. But I would love for God to see your heart where you're, where you're really submissive to him. Now you go, well, Bill, what if I prayed a prayer already? What if I prayed a prayer? Then you're already saved. You can simply say, Lord, forgive me. Help me to walk better with you. But if you haven't given your life to Jesus or you have backslidden to the point or you don't have the joy or thankfulness that we talked about today, then I would encourage you today, come home. Come home. God's waiting for you. God's waiting for you. He loves you. He's got a plan for your life. But up until now, you're not in it. 
but he's going to make a way today. So with every eye closed and every head bowed, how many of you would say, Pastor Ben, would you pray for me? I want to surrender my life to Jesus today, once and for all. I'm ready to give complete, wonderful thanksgiving to him. But I I need some help. Would you just lift up your hand right now and say, Pastor, pray for me. God bless you. I'm going to look around. Anyone else? Ask the Lord, Lord, where am I with you? Anyone else? Just lift up your hand. Say, pray for me, Pastor. I got you, brother. If you've already prayed this prayer, you're good. If you've already prayed, it's okay. You you just go, Lord, I want a heart of thanksgiving. But I want to talk to those who have not surrendered their heart to Jesus, who've walked away from God, and who are here today, the sound of my voice going, you know what? I need the Lord. Pastor, I don't know if I'm saved, but I, I want to be. Father, I thank you today for your great love. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, I thank you, thank you. Lord, heaven is right around the corner. You're coming back for us soon. And so I pray for these hands that were raised. I pray that you would solidify in their heart the peace of knowing you. That, Lord, it's not about coming to church. It's not about, it's not about, it's about a relationship with the God that created us. And so we ask you to forgive us of our sins and we invite you inside and say, Lord, today I'm going to follow you. Be my Lord, be my God, be my Savior, be my friend. This day I'm going to choose to follow you forever in Jesus' name. And if you pray that prayer, know by faith that God has come into your heart. He's forgiven you and now you need to begin walking. And we love you. So let's take a moment, guys, through Thanksgiving. Here's how we're going to do. The worship team is going to lead us in a song. When we're done, I need some able-bodied men to move chairs and put out tables. And, uh, and then we're just going to celebrate because tonight's going to be glorious. So come back with all your family and friends and enjoy all this good food because he is good. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace and hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.